<clears throat> um, if you would, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We will continue our um, look at the whole armor of God. You know, there, there's just, I don't know, so much... Uh, so much hurt and so much heartache, so much pain in in this world, um, and it seems like at times it's it's magnified for some reason or another. Um, and of course, I mean, I'm just speaking of of what I know, um, but just seeing uh, the loss of life, uh, Monte Carden and Miss Opal's son, and uh, the people that are sick and the people that are uh, just struggling with the loss of of loved ones. Um, as I studied this week, I kind of had those things on my mind. That, of course, during different times throughout the week. <clears throat> but this morning we'll be looking at the shield of faith. And these times are the times when we really need to understand how Paul can refer to it as a shield of faith. How do we use our faith like we would use a shield? So I found a sermon by uh, Charles Spurgeon that I read and looked over and took some ideas from, and he had a list of five ways that our faith is like a shield. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And I'm going to do my best to not venture off into a sermon on faith alone. We've, we've got those. Those are available. You can find those. I know Brother Kevin's done it several times. I've done it several times. And you can find those online um, to, to have a sermon about faith and the importance of faith and all different ways of looking at faith. But this morning, I want to try to stick to how our faith is like a shield. So as we go through this this morning, if you see those great... Man, this would be a great place to talk about faith. I know it would. I'm trying not to do that. I'm trying to stay on subject because it's, it's again, it's like it's these times, all times, as we'll see, Paul says, in all circumstances. Take up your shield of faith. But it seems like of late that it would be a, a great knowledge to have is how to use our faith as a shield. You realize that the shields... Hang on. I'm about to get into it and I ain't supposed to yet. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 through 20. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 20. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having to put on readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, 
that words may be given to me in the opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Robert Brimer, would you pray for us, brother? Amen. Um, am I a little bit loud? Because, I mean, you know, I'm going to get louder than this, and it's going to be bad. I, I sound loud. Am I loud to y'all? Always. <laughs> of course you said that. Look at you. Look around like you didn't say it, Christy Lane. Your voice is like mine. It ain't no doubt, sister. Sorry about it. You can't hide. <clears throat> um, I would like, before we get started, to say a great big uh, congratulations to uh, um, Mr. and Mrs. Aaron Chapman. They got married yesterday. Amen. Aaron and Sarah got married yesterday and... and uh, uh, Y'all keep them in your prayers as they start this journey of life as a married couple. All right, here we go. Paul is looking at, at some point, whether as he writes this or at some point he has sat and, and studied and looked at a Roman soldier. At one time we know that he was actually chained to a Roman soldier and it's possible that he was as he wrote this. But either way, he's looking at a Roman soldier as he writes this and he's looking at the armor that that soldier has on and the tools and the weapons and he's, and he's using those things, uh, explaining them in a way or, or, or using them as examples of things that a Christian soldier could use, that a Christian that walks throughout this. So he gets to this shield. Now this shield, for the most part, varied in size. Not everybody's shield was the same. Some shields were, were, were big enough to cover that entire soldier. Either way, this piece of armor is a piece of armor that is movable. Right? The helmet only covered the head. The shoes only covered the feet, right? The belt was only around the way. The shield could be moved to protect any part of that soldier. If the darts are coming at the head, you could, even if it wasn't big enough to cover all of you, then you could hold it to there wherever you needed it. So this piece of armor, this shield, Paul looks at it and goes, that reminds me of a Christian's faith. That it can be used to protect any part of you. That it's a universal tool of protection for a Christian. Like our faith. So he calls this the shield of faith. Now again, I'm going to try not to get off into 
a, a sermon on faith and try to stay with the idea that Paul had of this being a shield that you can stand behind. And, and, and I found this sermon from, from Charles Spurgeon and he gave the list. And what I took from it is the list. Now the, the descriptions and things that he had in there, I, I mean, I'm not going to try to preach somebody else's message, but I thought that the list of ways that this um, tool or this piece of armor was like our faith was a great list. So I, I stole that list from him and we're going to go through that this morning. And again, the, the, uh, you'll see the stories I tell ain't got nothing to do with Charles Spurgeon. The, the illustrations that I have. But it was, it's, it's his list and I want to give him credit because I tell you all the time, I have very few original ideas. Very few original ideas. They generally come from other places. It was somebody else's idea and I just kind of took it from them is what it comes down to. So, this is another one of those. In verse 16, the first thing we notice is Paul says, in all circumstances, in all circumstances, King James says, above all. So, whether you're looking at in all circumstances or you're looking at Above all, here it is. Uh, Friday, I got the opportunity to work with a, a man, um, new hire for Rogers Group. He's taking on the uh, job of servicing mobile equipment, which is similar to what I do. So they asked me to come because they're, they're, uh, I, I, what, I mean, is he good at it? Well, he's good on a computer, was their answer. Now this guy's been hired to change oil and they hired him because he's good on a computer. You hear me? <laughs> so they wanted me to be there. He was doing, he had scheduled what is called a 2,000 hour service on a WA600 loader. Now that, that's a great big piece of machine and a 2,000 hour service requires you to drain every drop of oil, change every filter, and refill it. The hydraulic tank alone holds about 117 gallons. If you have looked at oil prices later, you'll get a pretty good idea of what this cost as well. You have, you have differential front and rear, planetaries on each wheel, hydraulic tank, transmission, engine. All of that's got to be drained. All the filters have got to be put on. All the paperwork's got to be done. You got to take an oil sample of every piece. So they send me, they want me to go and help. Rogers Group requests that I come and help this guy because this is his first 2,000-hour service on a WA600. I get there, and the guy's from Guam. Before he took this job, he was an engineer. A lot of the headaches that I have as a mechanic are due to super good guy. We had a great day, had a wonderful time. We spent the first 20 minutes sitting in the truck dodging rain showers and getting out and getting soaking wet and get back in the truck and dodge another shower and back and forth. Had a great time, wonderful opportunity to meet uh, somebody new, which is always a bonus for me. 
<clears throat> we spent the day servicing this loader. It took us, it ended up taking us right at, well, with my drive time, about 10 hours. Um, throughout the process, you know, I threw him a few nuggets. Here's a little tip, and here's a little secret, and here's a little... <clears throat> and at the end of it all, uh, we were wrapping up. He said, I, he said I, I can't believe we done that that quick. He said, they told me that they were sending you because you could teach me some things and they knew you would teach me how to do it right. And he said, I've worked with some other guys and they've sent me with some other guys. And he said, I didn't learn nothing about how to do any of it. And he said, they didn't teach me anything. They just basically done it. And I stood and watched. He said, you took the time to teach me. I said, well, I'm going to tell you the most important thing about doing what you're doing is make sure Listen to me. Above all, listen to me. In all circumstances, make sure you put oil back in it. If you drain it, before you leave, you make sure it's got oil in it. It's important that you drain the oil. It's important that you change the filter. But above all, you hear me? Make sure you put oil back in it. When Paul says above all or in all circumstances, that doesn't mean the belt of truth isn't important, does it? It doesn't mean the, that your shoes of the gospel of peace aren't important, does it? But above all, you hear me? In all circumstances, make sure that you have your shield of faith. Don't lay your faith down and walk away from it. Don't drain that oil and walk off and don't put it back in there. Because when they come fired up and it locks that motor up, guess who don't have a job? Above all, take up your shield of faith. Two things we notice in that, uh, in that statement. Above all, or in all circumstances and take up, which is an action word, right? you got to pick it up. you got to take it with you. You can't just walk off and leave it laying around. This is your faith we're talking about. There was some reference in this message that I wrote to a lady whose son was a soldier, and, and she told him when he went off to war um, to, to remain in his faith through the end, or be delivered back to her on it. Stay behind your shield of faith at all times, and if anything happens, at least when they bring you back, don't walk off from your faith. Don't leave it laying. Go down with it if you go down. Your shield of faith. Look at this. All right. The purpose of the shield and the five ways that it's like faith. Number one, to protect. Your shield is your ultimate protection. Again, it's your piece of mobile armor. Every other piece of armor, your breastplate, is where it is. 
Your shoes are where they are, right? But your, your shield is mobile. And you've got to be able to move it and you've got to be able to use it and you've got to be able to handle it. Your faith, your shield. Your, your shield is there to protect you. It guards head, heart, feet. Your shield, your faith guards head, heart. What are we guarding against? Does anybody remember without... What, what is it we're guarding against? Fiery darts that who's throwing? Satan. So, so what are some of the fiery darts that Satan is, is, is throwing at us maybe? Is it, could it be negative thoughts? Could it be profane thoughts? So we got to have protection for our head, right? To extinguish those fiery darts, those fiery arrows. Y'all ever watch the Duke boys back in the day? They couldn't have firearms because they'd been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Remember that? So since they couldn't have firearms, they had bow and arrows. Y'all remember what their big trick was? They'd light it up. They'd put a stick of dynamite on the end of an arrow. Now let me assure you that won't fly. Based on information I got from a friend, that won't work. But, but that's the image when we talk about fiery darts or fiery arrows. That's the image I have. Is Satan going, you know what? If he can withstand all that other, let's throw him one with some fire on it. And actually what they would use was the same thing. I can't remember what it's called, but it was the same thing um, like they would make a broom out of. And they would, they would band it together. It'd be like straw, if you would, in, in our minds. And they would band that together and put it on an arrow. And they would light that on fire. And it would literally, literally be a fiery arrow. Well, that's, that's this image that Paul is trying to display to us about Satan and how he attacks us. And sometimes he attacks our minds, right? And he, and he gives us thoughts or he plants thoughts. Sometimes he attacks our hearts. Right? And he convinces us that we're not, we're not worthy. He convinces us that we're useless. He convinces us maybe that it's all not real. He attacks every part of us. Sometimes there's even physical attacks. And, he, and, he, and his whole goal, remember the Bible says that he roams around seeking whom he may devour. It's his goal to tear down anything that God's building up. It's what Satan does. So we've got to be ready for any and all of whatever he comes at us with. And listen, your, your main piece of guarding yourself above all, now that doesn't mean the rest of it isn't important. I started this off by explaining to you the whole armor of God, right? It's all very important, but listen, above all, in all circumstances, make sure you got your faith. Make sure that you've got the thing that protects every substance of your existence. Your shield of faith. I'm going to keep going because I'm about to get out of, out of order. The second thing, the second thing that makes our faith like a shield is it takes blows. 
It's catching those darts, right? It's, 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 it's taking the brunt of what is meant for us. So as long as we stay in it, as long as we stay encompassed by it, as long as we stay behind our shield, then we don't take the attack. It's being received by our faith, right? So that's the danger of laying it down. That's the danger of stepping outside. That's the danger of taking a break from your faith. Do you think Satan don't know? Do you think you can step away for a few minutes without your faith? <laughs> that you can let your guard down and Satan just won't recognize? No, remember? He's roaming to and fro, looking whom for whom he may devour. He can't go home and take a break. He ain't got the keys to get in. He's constantly on the search and he's constantly looking for ways to destroy what God is building up. And as individuals, we can't take the brunt of what He's throwing at us. The only way we can withstand, the only way we can stand is with our faith. That makes number three even more important. Just like your shield... Your faith must be genuine. It must be strong. Remember what I said about the breastplate? You don't want no Dollar General breastplate, right? Listen, you don't want no you don't you don't want no Dollar Tree shield. You don't want no paper shield. You want that dude to be strong. You want it to be real. You want it to be genuine. The way, one of the ways for you to make sure that you, the Bible tells us, let's go. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. I think Nathan's going to pull that up for us. 1 Peter chapter 1, or Riley 1. Riley's supposed to be the guy doing this. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. We'll go through 7. Look at this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Kept in heaven for you. Kept in heaven for Hey. Hey. Hey, you're killing me, son. You're killing me. It's okay. I probably sent him about half of what I really wanted, just to be honest. Because I'm known for that. First Peter chapter one. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith 
for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, in verse 7, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see that? You see how you know that your faith is genuine? Through trials. Does it endure? Does it last? You don't want no faith made out of paper. You don't want no shield made out of paper because the way it gets tested is to be throwing fiery darts at it. And guess what happens when it's not real? Guess what happens when it's not genuine? It burns up. It's all gone. It won't exist. I told you last week that one of the ways for you to make sure, and this is true about your faith as well, your faith has to be based on your belief. Your faith has to be based on your understanding. Because if it's based on my understanding, you'll only stand on it for a little while. And when it starts getting hot, and when the heat starts getting turned up, you know what you'll say? Ah, sometimes Brother Nick kind of out there. He may have been wrong about this. And you won't stand on it. You won't stand behind it. And it ain't genuine. And when it gets tested by fire, you'll walk away from it. It'll burn up. And it won't exist. Your faith has to be based on your knowledge. Now you can have guidance. I'm not saying that. But you've got to spend time in this gospel so that your faith is based on you and your relationship with Jesus Christ, and what you understand it to be. Not what I think. Now, I do my best, and Kevin does as well, when we're up here, that we're using Scripture and Scripture alone. Now, I tell some little funny stories like about people that I work with from Guam or something. But the basis of what I'm telling you is, is Scripture, not my opinion. I can show it to you. That doesn't mean I can't make a mistake. That doesn't mean I can't be misled, which would cause me to mislead you, unless, unless you know it yourself. See, there's no way for us to spend enough time covering all the false teachings in this world to a point that you would understand them so that you could recognize them. But what we can do is get you so familiar with the truth that when a false teaching comes up, it clicks and you go, wait a minute. That don't line up with what I know to be the truth. So then you won't be led astray and tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That you can be solid in your understanding and in your faith and in your hope, and then but when it's tested by fire, it'll be genuine faith. When you understand it, and when it's based on your knowledge. Number four. Like a shield 
your faith must be handled well. Like a shield, you must be able to handle your faith. We had a little bit of this conversation in in Sunday school this morning. When you're put in that position where you're using your faith, when you're using your shield, when, when people are coming against you, when they're questioning what you believe, when, they, when they're all over you because you won't support whatever, the latest whim that the world has set out on. And in the middle of the conversation of them coming after you, you have to go, hang on, let me call and ask Brother Nick. Hang on, let me see if I can get Brother Kevin. You have to be able to handle it well. You have to be able to defend it. You have to be able to put it where it belongs. You have to be able to pick up your faith, your shield, and take it with you. You can't depend on somebody else to make sure that it's genuine. You have to be able to handle it well, to handle it rightly, to divide right the word of truth. You have to know how. You have to understand how. This isn't going to come down to how well you listen to me. It's going to come down to how well you spend time in a relationship with the Creator of all things. It can't be based on how good the preacher is. It has to be you are doing your part. It has to be you are trying to dig it out. We have so many opportunities around here, I promise you. And I ain't, I ain't bragging on us, God has done it. But we have so many opportunities for you to get familiar with the Word of God, for you to get familiar with your faith. We do that through Sunday school. We do that through small groups. We do that through Sunday morning preaching. We do that through one of the best Wednesday night classes, studies, however you want to call it, that you're going to find anywhere. Take advantage of that. Come in and learn. Associate yourself with like-minded people. Hey man, it's great that you're here on Sunday morning and I love it and I ain't trying to run nobody off and make you think I'm mad at you because you don't do nothing else. But our Sunday school program is top-notch. From here all the way to the old people like Bobby. And that was intended to be a direct shot at Bobby, just so y'all know. We have, we, have, we have an outstanding Sunday school program. We really do. We, we genuinely do, and it's something for everybody. We really do have a great opportunity through small groups for you to get involved with like-minded people to establish relationships and at the same time learn the Word of God. So you can grow your faith. We have a wonderful opportunity on Wednesday nights. I'm telling y'all, come in here and gather around and pray for 30 minutes or so, share concerns and, and share. And then when that's over with, dive into the Word of God with what I believe is one of the best teachers that I've ever come across in my life. And I, I'm being as genuine as I can be with you this morning. He can, he can break it in a way that it ain't no way you can walk out of here with a misunderstanding unless you slept through half of it because he's so thorough. 
and does a great job. And again, it's not His ability. It's what God's doing through Him. It's not my ability. It's not our teacher's ability. It's what God's doing through this group of people. We ain't got it all mastered. We ain't got it all figured out. And we ain't perfected none of it. But I'm real proud of what we've got. And I think it'd be a great opportunity for you to make sure that your faith is based on your understanding. Look at this instruction from uh, 2 Timothy 2, 14 and 15. Some of you ought to be pretty familiar with this. Second Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. I don't care about Alexander right now. He was the coppersmith. There you are. Listen, one day I'm going to train you. I'm just kidding. Y'all, I'm being hard on hack this morning, y'all. We couldn't do it without them. We appreciate all that they do. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words. You hear me? Which does no good but only ruins the hearers. When we quarrel or argue about words, all it does is ruins the hearers. Look at this. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who needs not be ashamed. Listen to this. Rightly handling the word of truth. Rightly handling the Word of Truth. You want to make sure your faith is genuine? You want to make sure your shield ain't made out of cardboard? Spend some time in the Word of God. Learn how to handle it. Learn how to divide it. Learn how to understand it. Listen, God didn't send us this great big book of instructions for us to live by so we can be pleasing to Him and then put it in some code that nobody can understand. What good would that do? Hey, Just think about that. He did not do that. So if I'm not understanding it, it's because I'm not handling it right. I'm not looking at it the right way. I'm not doing something right because God didn't send it to me in code. My faith must be genuine. It must be. Remember, it's my shield. I'm using it to guard against the attacks of Satan. It must be genuine. Last one. The shield, especially after Paul's time, was an emblem of honor. It's where you would find the coat of arms, which represented who that person was, right? Who that clan was, who that group was, who their family was. Think about this. So as a Christian, my faith is the same thing. Tells the world who I am, where I've come from, what's important to me. My faith. The way people see you live your life. That poor fella Friday. 
No fault of his own, nobody. I don't make no announcement. I don't wear a, my patch on my shirt at work. does not say I'm also a pastor. But he kept, he kept trying to go into these crazy places, if you know what I mean, guys. He wanted to tell some crazy joke or something. And I, and I, I was not rude. And I did not correct him. I just <laughs> and walked on, you know, let him, whatever. And, and then he, he started the day off, you know, when he really wanted to, he wanted to uh, get my attention or he really wanted to put some emphasis on something, he'd have to put one of them four-letter words on something. And, I, and I'd just blow it off and go, but I never, I never gave in. I never joined in. It was just he and I. It was just me and him working together. And by the end of the day, he had figured it out. By the end of the day, we was having a big time, but it wasn't no crazy talk. It wasn't no four-letter words. And he never said it. And he never asked me, and I never told him. But by the end of the day, he had figured out that I wasn't going there. It's few things that make me as proud as that does. That I can spend time with somebody and not tell them a thing, but by my actions, they can figure out I'm different. I feel like that's me walking around with my shield and they've seen my coat of arms and they go, hey, that clan there don't mess with that garbage. You know what I'm saying? Because I've walked it out. I feel like I have successfully, if, if, I, if I mess it up the rest of the time, for those set amount of hours, I've done something right, finally. And, and I want to celebrate that all the way home. Of course, then I end up throwing something at somebody or something, you know, something stupid, you know. Something always happens. But for that time, I got it right. I didn't say I perfected it. I said I got it right for that guy. It's, 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 on our, it's, it's on display. Our faith should always be on display. And we should be honored that people see it. Another reason I don't want mine made out of paper. I want it to be something that other people look at and desire to have. Your shield of faith, listen, above all, in all circumstances, take it up and let's look at what it's going to do and then we'll close. He finishes out the verse by saying, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts. with which you can use to extinguish no matter what the world throws at you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're enduring, no matter what you're facing, it can be extinguished with your faith. It's in these times, these hard times, these troubling times, these times that we feel like we're under attack, that we've really got to lean on our faith. I think uh, Jesus Himself told Peter that Satan has asked for you, right? That you should be sifted. And He says, but I have prayed that what? That your faith not fail. My prayer is that during these times that your faith not fail. I know, I, know it's, I know it's awful. I know it's hard. I know it hurts. I, I know, I know. 
I'm not trying to make light of any of this mess that we're going through, this, this pandemic and all this stuff and all this craziness. But you know, at some point, at some point, mine and Kevin's responsibility has to become to minister you, to encourage you out of fear and into faith. And again, I'm not saying it ain't real and I'm not saying you shouldn't take precautions. I ain't saying none of that. None whatsoever. And I ain't saying people ain't even dying from it. They are, no, no doubt about it. I was in a room uh, with a bunch of guys probably Wednesday or Thursday. I was at a Rogers Group location and <clears throat> it was lunchtime and they was all gathered up and I had to go in and talk to one of the bosses and uh, that was their discussion. Uh, that, that particular plant had been hit pretty hard with uh, COVID and people out of work and I mean they didn't have a they didn't have a boss or a co-boss or barely had any employees. They've had a pretty rough lick of it um, at this particular location, and that was the discussion. <clears throat> a couple of those guys know me and, and know who I am and, and whatnot, and one of them just asked me. And I said, yeah, I probably ought to be back out here working on stuff and not in here answering these questions. He said, no, I'm serious, and this guy's a boss. Um, one of the bosses, and, and he said, no, I'm serious. You know, where where do you stand? I said, well, it's real. There, there's no two ways about it. Um, it's been politicized as well along the way. No two ways about that. Um, but here's the thing. Ten out of ten people die. I hate that. I wish it weren't that way. But it is. I'm going to die from something. I may die working on one of these big old ragged junky pieces of equipment. I may die going to or from. I may fall off the high wall at one of these rock crushers being an idiot. I may fall out of a deer stand and land on my head. I'm going to leave this walk of life. I'm going. It's no two ways about it. Ten out of ten. So in the meantime... I personally am going to choose to live in faith, standing behind my shield and not in fear. Again, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm not, I'm not, not at all. I'm not trying to tell you how you address it or anything else, but what I am trying to tell you is this. As Christians, we have to be found in faith. We have to. I can't walk around here worrying about when I'm going to die. I can't. I'm going to. I have to make sure that my loved ones understand that when that day comes, where I stood. I have to make sure that when that day comes, I'm prepared to stand before the Creator of all things and give an account of all things I did, whether good or bad. I have to live my life in that way. I don't want to be living it behind no paper shield. I want it to be genuine faith. Because listen to me, if I'm wrong, whoo, it's got to be genuine. It's got to be real. It's got to be. we got plenty of opportunities around here, I promise you. I promise you. 
We're going to have we're going to have a time of invitation. I'm going to ask Savannah and Leanne to come up here, and we're going to have a time of invitation, but we're not going to close like we normally do. Um, I'm going to do something a little bit different after the time of invitation. But right now, I I I beg you, I I beg you, I beg you to look at your shield, <laughs> and if you ain't sure about it. If you look at your faith and you go, you know what, I don't know if it's real or not, please come see me. And if I'm too too loud, too fat, too bald, Kevin's all the things I'm not. <laughs> you can talk to him about the same thing. You can talk to him about the same thing, but don't walk out of here in doubt of whether or not your faith will withstand those fiery darts of Satan. Don't do that. Talk to us. Talk to one of us. Talk to somebody. Please take this opportunity to examine your shield, examine your faith. And if you don't think it's real or you ain't sure, please come let us know. Give us an opportunity to talk to you, pray with you, whatever we need to do to get you on the right track. Give us that opportunity.